We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On live. And we are live once again. It is the Friday morning edition of the Field of 68 Best Bets podcast and Best Bets live stream. My name is Rob Doster. That lovely, lovely gentleman you see right there next to me is my co-host, the one and only Jeffrey Goodman. Jeff, did you have a good night last night? What's up? Um, Yeah, I thought it was a good night. I mean, uh, some good games. Uh, again, you know, we had oh, some. Uh, oh, no. Oh no, oh no! I just saw who I just saw who's coming in. You're not happy about oh, this? Oh, 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 snowman, what's up, buddy? Oh, just early morning, Doster. I didn't think you could make it. <laughs> oh, on, Look at the shoes in the background. Can we just talk about that for a second? Yeah, no, I try to I try to bring it a little bit. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. How much did that cost? Like, how much? How much did that little setup cost you? Way too much money. Did it really? <laughs> like, I forget how much each of those are. It's like fifteen bucks or something, and there's like sixty of them. So you can start doing the math. Doster can't figure that out. No, it's a lot, but I'll tell you this: it looks good. It's worth every penny. It looks really, yeah, really good. It makes. I, I'll tell you what: it makes you look a lot cooler than you actually are having that in the back. <laughs> no, nothing can make me look cool, Doster. Nothing. <laughs> uh, All right. If people don't know who this is. It's you want to Brian give me an intro? Who doesn't know Brian Snow? I mean, you know, know you're right. Snow. Everybody knows who Brian Snow is. Everybody Every, knows Brian Snow. Everybody on the planet knows who Brian Brian Snow, the guy who chose Scal. Uh, that's that, that's what you'll forever be known for. The guy who chose Scal. <laughs> I'll protect the innocent and say yes. <laughs> you're falling on the sword. I like it. You've never done this before. You always throw everybody under the bus. But on the Scal thing? You have protected your people uh, down to the bitter end. I give you credit. You know, statute of limitations isn't up on that one yet, so we'll just go with it. <laughs> By the way, you know, you know who the front runner is for the NBA Defensive Player of the Year. Have you have you seen this? No. Ben Benjamin Simmons. Benjamin Simmons. Is he really that good defensive? I haven't watched the yeah, Sixers this year. He's so good, so good defensively now. Mm -hmm. I mean, like elite, elite level. Because, I mean, I thought he would have a chance to do it. I just didn't think he'd be locked in enough on the defensive end, game in, game out, where he would do that type of thing. And you worried about his hips. Yeah. Very. Did. It's okay. Yeah. All right, we're going to move on. We're gonna, we we all make mistakes. I made my – listen, freezing cold takes hit me on a, on a Zach Levine tweet the other day. 
that that I said he'd be, he'd, he'd be playing for the Maine Red Claws, and uh, I, evidently I was wrong. He's in the All Star game instead. So is that, well, is that the biggest biggest whiff that you've ever had? No, I've had bigger whiffs, but at least I didn't pick Pittsburgh to go to the Final Four. Oh my God! To the Final Four. Okay. <laughs> every, every 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 day, like this gets worse and worse and worse. Like I, I think I said one tweet where it's like, yeah, I think eight, like Pitt might be in the mix for like the best team in the ACC, and all of a sudden it's like, I think Pitt can go and win the NBA title. They can beat the Lakers right now. They would be better than the Jazz. Yeah, I mean, you you thought that Audis Tony was gonna punk Donovan Mitchell. That's what you said. Yeah, I did. I did. Um, he's good though. What do you want me to say? It was <laughs> awesome. It's not look. It's not the talent on the roster. It's 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 the uh, it's the person leading the charge there. You know, I, I think that even if we put Goodman in charge, like that's probably what we needed. We need a change in uh, change in leadership in that program. That's what that's hey, what would have gotten it done for us. He's never he's never lost a game. <laughs> Very true. Very, Very true. true. Never will. All right, Snow. <laughs> I want your uh, I want your Michigan takes. They're really good at basketball. I'll say this. The one thing that surprised me is how well they've been able to, I don't even know if hides the right term, but how well Hunter Dickinson hasn't been exposed in ball screen situations. Mm -hmm. Cause that was the biggest concern I had about him coming out was, you know, in college, you can get away with it a little bit better than you can in the NBA. But even when you looked at Purdue, when they'd have like Isaac Haas and those guys, ball screens in the center of the court, just screwed them up at the highest mm -hmm. level. And Michigan hasn't had that. So I, I've been really impressed with how they've been able to play to Hunter's strengths and not get exposed defensively because of them. And, you know, Jawan's done a great job. His staff's done a great job. And then, you know, the transfers have hit at the highest level for them. Yeah. And that's made a huge difference. And like yeah, Chandy Brown's body. Really yeah. You know, and that, like that's the toughest thing with those, with those fifth-year guys is that have no sweat equity in your program is getting them to buy in exactly with what you're doing and how you're doing it. And I think, I think Jawan deserves a lot of credit for that and his management of people, which I do think is a really good NBA skill as you know, like Jeff in general, I agree with you. NBA guys haven't worked, but there's one thing that NBA is an ego management job for the lack of, for, for much of it. And Jawan's applied that to college with transfers and it's mm -hmm. worked perfectly this year. Well, he's got no ego, though. Like, I think he's different than, yeah. like, like Stackhouse, right? Stackhouse has an ego. You you could see it. Uh, Juwan is very even keel. Um, and, and and honestly, I think one of his biggest traits is, you know, bringing on a guy like Phil Martelli, who um, is pretty opinionated. I think that would be fair to say. And yeah. Juwan, you know, learns and listens and isn't a guy above where he's saying, like, I think I know more than you. It's I'm going to learn from you because you've done this for 30 years. I'm going to pick up whatever I can from you, whatever I can from Saudi, whatever I can from Howard Osley and learn. And all three of those guys are so different. I, I love that staff for that reason. Yeah. And yeah, I, you know, I, I think the most credit you can give them and snow, this is like steal, stealing a line from you, but I think Juwan Howard knows his scouting report as a coach, right? Mm -hmm. Like he knows where his strengths are. And he knows where his weaknesses were. And he hired a staff that would help him fill in the gaps of, of what he didn't know, maybe what, what he wasn't great at yet, where he needed help. Um, and I think it was really savvy uh, how he put that together. And I think it's paying dividends. And one thing I'll say is, you know, especially like when he got the job, I didn't have any concerns if he could coach. I really didn't because 
you're in the NBA that long. You're a smart guy like he is. You can coach. And he obviously has a really good personality, so I figured he could recruit. So the questions were, would he put the effort in? The answer is absolutely yes. And then, but the biggest thing I had is there's so much more to being a college head coach than than game day. It's dealing with boosters, dealing with crazy parents. You know, like when a kid wants to transfer because his girlfriend broke up with him. You know, like do two players on the team, are they going after the same chick? Like whatever it may be, there's so much more to being a college head coach than game day that people don't really understand. That's where I thought hiring Phil was big, where Phil could help him with the boosters, help him with the media stuff, help him with the crap that ages college coaches like dog years. And mm-hmm. and Jawan's done a great job with that. And Jawan deserves all the credit. And I think hiring Phil was a big part of that. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I, I, I'm kind of sick of like the, the tears debate at this point. I think that we all kind of understand that Michigan is, is a very, very good basketball team. Um, but are you – What's the best way to phrase this? Like, where where would you where would you situate them in terms of that conversation? Like, I, I think I've gotten to the point where it's like it's just kind of you blanket it all three and you say somebody asked me a good question. at this point, Doster. Somebody asked me a good question this morning, and, What's that? and it was an easy question to answer last year. Danny Canal asked me on on Sirius, and he said, um, "Would you take now Gonzaga and Baylor or the field?" And if you had said this to me three weeks ago. It was a, such an easy decision, right? It's Gonzaga Baylor. Now, what would you do, Snow? Gonzaga Baylor or the field? Just the nature of the tournament. Pretty much any question like that, I'm taking the field. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just the nature of the tournament. Uh, now, I'm not necessarily feeling super comfortable with it, but I feel I'm playing the odds there because you got Michigan, you got Villanova. Like, is anyone going to truly count out Jay Wright? Like, you can do that at your own risk. Um. If Chris Holtman's guys play through contact, which was a big point of emphasis last night in his post game, you know, Ohio State would be up there. We got to talk about that, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> Illinois, I, I felt like something's been missing all year, but they still do have Mariano Rivera on their team, where if it's a close game, you're losing. So th- there's a lot there. Um it, you know, if Alabama d- pulls a VCU when Shaka was the coach and just starts hitting 15 threes a game, 20 threes mm-hmm. a game, you can't win. You're not winning. So to me, there's too many options beyond just to take just two teams, even if I do think those are the two best teams. And I would make Michigan really close with those two. Like I kind of like if you made me guess one, I'm guessing Baylor right now. Just assuming they're not completely out of whack coming off of the COVID thing. But I think they have enough time to get that figured out in the next couple of weeks. But, you know, like I just think the math says you go with the field. Yeah. And um, I think you also kind of undersold the fact that if you're taking the field, you also have COVID on your side, right? Like all it takes is one positive test. There are some actual odds out on this. Like Bet Rivers right now has uh, the field at minus 134 and Gonzaga and Baylor at plus 110. Um, and the overall futures lines that you can get right now at Bet Rivers is Gonzaga uh, is plus two seventy five to win the title. Baylor is plus two fifty, and Michigan is actually plus four fifty. So um, they keep creeping. Right. Read Baylor second if they're they're you're wrong. Plus three fifty, you mean Baylor? No, plus Baylor plus two fifty. Two fifty, and Gonzaga is plus two seventy five. Yes, and then Michigan is plus four fifty. No, why did he re- why did he read? Gonzaga first, then I didn't read them. I'm going off the top of my head, and I just that's the first one that I thought. Of. It just, I'm it's a little Baylor would be the betting favorite. I figured everyone right, would be me too. 
You sure? I, what I think happened, Snow, is that when Baylor had – like when it, there was a point where it was very clear that Baylor was the second-best team and the odds were very much skewed towards Gonzaga at that point. So I think what happened was all the money came in on Baylor and now the, the books are kind of like, well, you know what? We kind of have to make sure that we, we don't have all of this risk and all of this exposure, so let's make sure we have no more money coming in on the Bears at this point. I think that's probably – um, what happened? So they're just kind of overcorrecting, uh, would be my guess. Um, all right, you, you got anything on Iowa before we we move on? Like, are you? They they were playing better defensively in recent weeks. Uh, they kind of got lit up last night, and I think I, that Hunter Dickinson like really exposed the limitations in what uh, their offense is and what Luca Garza is when they, he doesn't force that double. Right, their whole offense is you either give the ball to Luca and he goes one on one, you force a double, and they go swing, 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 kick, boom, open three, and we don't have to double. It's trouble. Yeah, for for me, I just one if you're if you're that just non-athletic, I'm not going to bet on you in the tournament. <laughs> um, like, like who? Like at the end of the day, uh, when Baylor has the ball, who on Iowa is stopping Baylor's guards from scoring? Nobody. Like, and then Baylor can get creative enough defensively where they're going to just pressure Iowa. Now, granted, C.J. Frederick hasn't turned the ball over in like three months. But, you know, like, he's only one guy who can handle pressure. Like, Bohannon, that's not his game. Mm-hmm. Especially not with his – what, is he coming back from the hip or whatever it is? Two um, You know, like, I just think there's too many holes there that, that the right team can pick apart that I just don't see Iowa making the super long run. But I guess it's possible. I've just never – I haven't been totally bought in on them all year, and I'm still not. So here, here's my question for you, Snow. Uh, we know the top three right now. The top yep. three are, are fairly clear: Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan. Gun to your head, not who's going to be the number four, the, the fourth number one seed. Who are you taking? If I said to you, you have a pick of one other team that you have to take to make a deep run that can win it all. What's the team you trust? What's the team you're taking? Villanova. Yeah. Jay Wright knows what he's doing. You have, you know, Colin Gillespie. He. He's not a great player, but he's a very good one, and he's competitive. He's a winner. He's going to get his guys in the right spot. Jeremiah Robinson Earl is a stud, so you have a dude. And then you got shooting around, and not just like shooting, but like execution to get the right shot. And then they're good enough defensively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you a thousand percent. It, it's just the team and the program and the culture you trust, right? And, yeah. and a veteran point guard who's not, like you said, he's not a pro. He's not arch but but he's a senior veteran point guard who has been there through a national title run um so i'm with you i don't i don't think they like blow me away but they're they're the fourth team uh the only thing i would push back on is saying that their defense is good enough i I think that their defense is they're kind of like iowa light i think Uh, i mean i'm just worried about teams that can put the ball on the floor and get to the rim but i do think you're right in the sense that they are the uh, the fourth best team in this conversation. But the, like you still got a Jermaine Samuels who's a versatile defensive piece. You know, you got Brandon Slater's again, he's not a great player, but he's a versatile defensive piece. And and if you get in the right situation, I, I think they can guard. Obviously Colin's not great defending, but we'll, we'll see. By the way, is like Colin Gillespie, like the poster child for like the free year of college basketball, who like <laughs> every coach in the country is like that dude better leave or I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> it feels like he's been. I'm, I'm shocked that he's still there. Like it, it feels like he's been <laughs> there for 27 years. No, like more than Robbie Hummel. 
Like, honestly, Hummel, Hummel was there for eight years. Last night, Benetti kind of said that on the air, and, and honestly, it's kind of true. Um, it was only eight? Yeah, I know. Seriously, he was hurt for like four of them. Um, <laughs> all right, what, what what do we got next, Doss? Do you want to go Ohio, through? Ohio uh, State and Michigan State, I want to talk about them. Um, first and foremost, like, we're, we got to get into to Holtman getting run. Like, we're, we're, <laughs> how did you feel about that snow? Have you ever seen him get that angry? I don't know that I've ever seen him get that fired up. And I think it was justified. I think he, he had a right. Uh, there, there was a time, I, I want to say about four years ago, it was like their first practice of the season. And they were doing a five-on-O drill at Butler. This is when he was at Butler. And I was at practice. And I think the O was beating the five in the five-on-O drill. And let's just say he was a little animated at that point And couldn't understand why there were a lot of turnovers in a five-on-O drill. And he let his team know he was upset with them during that portion of practice. It is but funny. Outside well, of that, no, I have not seen him. Yeah, he, he's so mellow for the most part. And and when yeah. you, you know, like anybody who sees him, he's so even keel. Um, that, that was, it was entertaining. It was definitely entertaining to see him uh, uh, get run. And, and I think, again, he was trying to get run at that point. He was. Oh, there's no doubt. He was trying to get run two non-calls earlier. Right. Right. Terrible calls. I mean, terrible calls down the stretch. I don't know if they win. I, I do think it's like better for the league in a way, though, um, and better for the country uh, that, that Michigan State has played their way. Yes. Duke has played their way and they're underdogs. Like get them in the tournament as like 12 seats. Like that's what everybody's going to so much fun. Like, can you just right. imagine like imagine you go through all this work and, and you're a team that finally earns like a five or a six seed in the tournament. And the first thing that you draw is Duke as an 11 seed or like Michigan State coming out of the, the playing game. Uh, but I think you're right. I think it is is better for the sport having them involved in March. Um, it is. I think that it'll be a lot of fun. Like even I'm, I'm rooting for Kentucky to find a way to get in. Like I, I think they that that's where they go and they win the SEC regular totally. season title. That would be that'd be fun. Like imagine that was a 14 seed. Well, it's just better for the for the tournament to have those fan bases involved. Yes. Right. Like that. That's yeah. what we want. I mean. You know, again, the bigger fan bases, um, obviously, the, the the more passionate the tournament's going to be in a year when, yeah, we're a little bit concerned here. When you got Baylor and and, and Gonzaga as the two teams, uh, they don't exactly have huge fan bases. No, but one thing, I don't think yesterday's Ohio State-Michigan State game is going to do anything to quell coaches this time of year who are convinced that the games are fixed to get teams in the tournament. Yeah. True. Very true. And Jeff, you're laughing. You know that. You know coaches. Oh, of course. It's been that way forever. I mean, again, you don't think anybody who's playing Duke these days, whoever they got, whoever's coming up is like, we got no shot. We got to beat him by 40 to have any shot of winning this game. Good. But I've told this story to Doster before. I was at the Big Ten tournament five, six years ago, and there was a Big Ten bubble team. I can't even remember who was on the bubble, but a bubble team was playing on the first day. And they were playing a team that was decidedly not on the bubble and like was terrible. And there was like a controversial non or non travel at the end of the game on the bubble team. And the coach, the coach of the team who wasn't very good starts yelling, do we need another team in the tournament that bad? Is that what this is about? And I am dying hey, laughing. That's a lot of money. That's a lot yeah. of money for another tournament team. <laughs> and you guys know coaches are convinced of it this time of year, and I'm sure last night did not change that at all. Armand's killing the Big Ten officiating. Do not. There'll be there'll be no Bo Borowski slander. 
on this podcast. Snow, what do you what do you call him? Broad Ripple Bo. Broad Ripple yeah. Bo. I love Bo. I love Bo. Here's the thing. It's not even that I think Bo's that ba- I don't even think Bo's bad. Just something weird happens in games he officiates. Always. Always. Like, and he, like, he officiates he every game, Snow. Every game he's on, I feel like. Yeah. Every single game. Like, earlier this year, Indiana Northwestern, like, right before the half, Trace Jackson Davis catches and underneath out of bounds and lays it up. The clock starts a second before anyone touches the ball. <laughs> and, like, no one knew what to do. It's like, well, that's not the official's fault. Like, it just happened. But Bo was on the call. Like, Well, maybe he hit the button. Maybe Bo got a little excited and hit the button first or something. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? But it was, it was funny. It was like something weird just always happens in games he officiates, even if it's not his fault. All right, Doster, I got two I got two things we got to oh, hit. No way. Yeah, I just want to to ask real quick. Are you guys – where are you guys on Michigan State as a tournament team right now? I think they're as of this moment they're – I think as of this moment they're in. No, I don't. I don't. I don't Ooh. think they're in, but I think they're darn close. And, you know, honestly, just by playing the schedule they're going to play down the stretch and playing Michigan twice, they're going to move up. Even if they don't beat them either time, they're just going to move up. I don't know what the what their latest um, net is today. 68. I'm looking at it right now. They're 68th in the net. Yeah, they're not. I don't think they're there yet. I think they they might be knocking on the door of the first four right now. I, I think they need one more quality win. Here's, here's my here's my thing about them, right? Um, they have they don't really have any bad losses. They lost at Northwestern, but that's like a quad two loss. And if Northwestern wins a couple more games and gets into the top seventy five, it's a quad one loss, right? They have They're a win over winning. Illinois now. They have a win over Ohio State. They have five quad one wins. Um, they're thirteen and nine overall. Compare that to someone like a Louisville. Louisville doesn't have a quad one win right now. They beat Georgia Louisville Tech in the tournament. Like it's. I mean, they just have so many opportunities, though. It's going to be interesting to see how the committee handles the Big Ten and the Big 12. Right. Mm -hmm. Because those two conferences, with the very little non-conference, I'm not sure if it got manipulated by accident or they're really that much better than everyone else. But you look at it, like you look at the ACC, the Big East, like those leagues, there's not a ton of quad ones. There's like a lot of teams between like 60 and 80, basically. And it's like, is that accurate? And then you see like Marquette go to North Carolina and beat the crap out of them. Like, yep. you, you just kind of wonder, like, how so are they going to treat you this year? It's so hard to figure because of the pauses, because of the lack of non-conference yeah. schedule. Um, yeah, the Big Ten's really good. We know that. But, like, I still don't know when I hear people say, it's the best Big Ten in the history. I'm like, that I don't impressive. know here. I right. think like, I think it, it like might be. Or something? They had, like, three Final Four teams deep. or something like that. I think you can make the argument that compared to the rest of the country, like this may be the the biggest disparity between like the Big Ten and everybody else. But I don't think that you can compare like these college basketball teams to ones that we saw like 10, 15, 20 years ago when guys were staying until their junior year. Right. So I think that yeah. just overall, like all teams back then are going to be better than teams right now because they're so much younger. So maybe like. When you say the difference between this year's Big Ten and everybody else is more than we've ever seen before, uh, but there's no way this is the best Big Ten that we've ever seen. Right, because you put up like Ohio State, who's like the number three team in the Big Ten right now. You put them against like a team 10 years ago or 20 years ago, the third best team in the Big Ten. They'd probably get run out of the building. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we had, Magic Johnson was a sophomore at Michigan State at one point. People forget that. Yeah, people do forget that. People do All right, I, I got one for Snow. I got one for Snow. He he said he's not going to fire anybody on this on this pod, so we're not going to ask him to fire anybody. But we are going to ask him 
two questions in the Big Ten on coaches that in the last uh, few days here, in the last 48 hours, um, their, their fan bases are, are ready to be done with them. And I like both guys a lot as human beings, Richard Pitino and Archie Miller. Um, you know Arch well. I know Arch well. We both defended Arch. We both thought it was a really good hire when they're happy. Yeah. Really good hire. Good ball coach. Uh, Indiana's kind of had it with him. Are you a believer that he can get this flipped and get Indiana to where? Because ultimately, for Indiana fans, they're probably a little bit delusional. But what Indiana should be, Snow, is a team that is in the NCAA tournament five out of every six years. Right? They might have that one outlier season where something happens or they lose guys early or whatever. But for the most part, you're in Indiana. You should be in the tournament just about every year, shouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think so. Um, and I think Arch will be the first to tell you he hasn't won enough. Right. I, I do. Um, now, the Indiana fan base, they're, they're a lot. They're absolutely a lot. Um, my con- my con- my only concern when Arch got hired was at Indiana, it's not about being a basketball coach. It's so much more than that. And Archie's a basketball coach. Yeah. yeah. He, he, you know, like that's him. He doesn't that's want to kiss babies. Out. He doesn't want to kiss babies. He doesn't yeah. want to talk to boosters. He doesn't want to deal with the media unless it's my daughter. And then I think he enjoyed doing that uh, Instagram live. But for the most part, Arch and Sean Miller just want to coach ball, period. Yeah. So that was my concern. I really, I really genuinely think he can coach. Yeah, me too. And I think they have some good players on their roster. If you ask me why it hasn't come together this year, like I have no idea. Yeah. Like certain guys have gotten better, certain guys have not have regressed. It's been very odd to see. And like I have great respect for Arch's ability to coach, and the fact that it's gone the way it has is truly surprising to me. I thought that the game against Rutgers kind of spoke volumes um, because once it got bad, like the bottom just completely fell out and they could not do anything to turn it around. And I, I don't know if that's um, a confidence thing. I don't know if that is that like they just they've kind of checked out and they don't care as much. I don't know if that's something where um, they're just not. I, I don't know. But it, to me, if you go on the road and you, you get up 15 points and you blow that entire lead in the span of what what was it, like eight minutes and then you lose by double figures, like that says a lot about where you are kind of as a team. So I, I think there's probably a lot of frustration going on in that locker room. And and I mean, it, it like you said, when you have someone like a Trace Jackson Davis with a couple guys that can make plays around them, like you should be better than 12 and 11 at this point. Yeah. And like Armand Franklin's a really good player. Mm-hmm. You know, like Grace Thompson's a solid Big Ten starter. Like, Al Garland's like, good. He's better than I thought he was going to be when he got there. Yeah. Like, they're I mean, missing you, one guard. They're missing a wing or a guard, like a big time. You yeah. Know. They, they need, they need another guard. Like, Christian Lander, like, he's going not to be ready. a really good player. Right. He's not ready right now. He should, like, People make a big deal. Some kids reclassing because, like, Goodman in New England, you guys do high school for, like, seven years or something, yeah, and then well. you just kind of choose when you want to go to college. Like, here in the Midwest, it's typically a four-year program. He legitimately was in high school for three years. Um, Like, he's just not ready for the Big Ten right now, which is fine, which is fine. Uh, Richard and- Pitino. Hey, Richard, Richard Pitino, before we move on to, to tonight or this weekend, um, He's been there a while. 
I feel like he always takes a step back and then uh, forward and then he'll take one step back. And, you know, I, I think honestly, if he can get a job like Boston College, and I don't know if the Patino name can allow him to get a job in Boston, but if he could, I think he should take it. Uh, Minnesota's one of those jobs that everybody talks about is like a sleeper job, but like, and they do have talent in, in their state. The problem is they have a lot of elite talent that they're not going to be able to keep. You can't beat Duke for 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 Tyus or Trey Jones. You're, I see where you're going, Jeff. I disagree with you 100. percent You're not beating. You're not beating um, Duke. Not Minnesota. No, you don't need to. You don't need to. Well, you got to get the next year. Yeah, and there's a ton of them. McKinley yeah. Wright, Dawson yeah. Garcia. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, half of Brad Davison, like half of Iowa or Iowa. Half of Wisconsin's team, you know, like you didn't get JP Makura. Like, okay, you're not going to get Rashad Vaughn. That's fine. Get JP Makura. Right. You know, yeah. like, no, no, there's a lot of players in that state, a lot more than people think. Yeah, you're not going to get Tyus Jones. That's fine. Get McKinley Wright. Right. Um, I was actually, Borzello and I were talking about this. And like, if you look at like kind of like that four star range of player that they're realistically outside of one class where they got Daniel Oturu and uh, Gabe Kausher that they've gone like 0 for 12 on. If you just put that group together, oh, they're terrific. You, you have a good Big Ten team. Yeah, yeah. Yep. No, listen, I I, I think, honestly, uh, his time is 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 coming to an end here. I, I do at Minnesota. I just think it's, it's, it's probably best for all involved at this point. You know, they're probably if, not going to make the tournament now. If Minnesota comes open, is it the best job that will come open this cycle? Uh, no, no. I think Arizona might come open. I, I I think LSU could come open. Now they may be later in the cycle. They may not be in three weeks, but mm-hmm. I, I, Minnesota is probably the best early one that comes okay. open. Unless like, do you, do you consider Iowa state better than Minnesota? Okay. No. <laughs> I mean, the fan base there is pretty good, but yeah, Minnesota is better talent wise. Obviously there's no talent in Iowa. That you're, uh, you're in Minneapolis. Like, yeah, no, I mean, listen, yeah, Minnesota, I I can't imagine, you know, again, unless an Arizona, Kansas, uh, you know, something of that ilk pops. um, I don't know DePaul. I mean, I don't think DePaul's certainly not better than Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, I think Minnesota's probably the best one unless something crazy happens. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to some of the games tonight, maybe some of the games this weekend. But before we do, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now is the time. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money, Snow. When you win at Bet Rivers Sportsbook, they pay fast. And now it's even faster with Rush Pay instant approval for withdrawals. It's safe. It's secure, it's reliable. I know because I use them. So with March Madness right around the corner, there's never been a better time to give BetRivers Sportsbook a try. Go to BetRivers.com today or download the BetRivers iOS app. You must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Snow, you got any good games tonight? What do you like? Purdue, Penn State, pick them? Uh, what do you no. Snow, you're what? lucky you didn't have to listen to him do a Manscaped read. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what? You don't want to hear Purdue's it? getting a point. Here, <laughs> I'm good. Trying Purdue's to, getting uh, point. Yeah, Purdue's getting a point. Purdue's getting a point. Purdue. Like, 
here's yeah. my thing at this time yeah. of year in this year. Now I'll give Jim Ferry a ton of credit. He's had those guys playing hard as hell all season and he gets all the credit in the world for that. But we're getting down the stretch final game or two of the season. You know, you're not going to the tournament. You don't even have a real head coach right now. You're probably tired of a Q-tip being shoved up your nose every day at seven in the morning. Give me the team that's playing for something. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. And and Matt Painter at this time of year, yeah. It seems to always seem to get better. January, what February. Like, what analysis do we need beyond that? Just like bet on Purdue if they're getting a point. Yeah, it seems simple to me. <laughs> what, what, what else you like? You like anything else? Uh, I James like St. Louis. See, for me, Drexel is James Madison, and James yes. Madison's only given two. I'll take James no, Madison. No, no. I've made a lot of money on JMU this year and, and, and Matt Lewis, a lot of money. What, uh, what game, do we have any tournament games tonight? I feel like the America East is now maybe tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? Am I, I didn't see any tonight because the horizon was last night and then they're going to like go to campus sites here soon or something. I don't know. I got this little right thing Foster tweeted out. Uh, we have, yeah, we have the first round of the America East tonight. Which we'll start I, with. Who? I'm, uh, is that who's in the America East? I, I don't remember. even think I saw it. I don't. I don't think I saw those games on the board. Hold we on. should have prepared for this. Obviously. No, I did. I looked America East, and, and nothing came up earlier. Hold on. I came prepared. I had two games. I came prepared. Yeah. There's nothing listed, even though on, on the chart, the bracket projects project guide that Doster tweeted out. They've got yeah, the Americans playing tonight. I don't see Dolster, it. Are you t- Dolster, are you tweeting fake news? <laughs> when am I not tweeting fake news? That, that's my that's my brand. <laughs> Hold on, Dolster. We we got to get to the game of the weekend, though. Isn't it What's Tennessee that? at Auburn? Big game. <laughs> Big game. <laughs> Final four showdown. Final four teams for Doster. Final four teams, Even yeah. Big, Auburn's not eligible, game. but he's still got him going to the Final Four somehow. Big, Big game, yeah. They're good. You guys are you guys are sleeping on Sharif Cooper, um, West Flanagan uh, probably going to be a first round pick. Um, <laughs> oh man! The, the bottom they, fell out of the season with Justin Powell just could never come back from his concussion. Like they they had they had a real chance, man. They had a real chance. It's a shame. No, if I had any clue how to use technology, I would have Doster quotes going across <laughs> the bottom on Pitt, on Tennessee, on Auburn from our from our group chat. Like how great would it be? <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever actually said anything that you guys just find like random tweets in a sentence like it's it's never ending never ending you guys, the evidence. right now you're getting a glimpse of what our group chat is like it's just, between these two and Borzell it's just it's shit show is what it is it completely just relentless. it's like every day like if anything that anything happens in the state of Tennessee like if there's snow in the state of Tennessee <laughs> I'll get a text from these two guys being like, hey, uh, there were six inches of snow in Tennessee. Remember when you took him to go to the Final Four? Like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> oh, man. Hurt. I got money invested on them. Like, this is painful. I'm losing here. Who Who are you going to take? Honestly, this could be the most difficult decision of your life. The Vols or the Auburn Tigers? What are you going to do? The, I mean, do you love all your all children right. equally, Doug? It's, huh? the, it's the Vols all the way. No, I'm off. I'm off. I'm off the Auburn bandwagon. Like I had, I had to jump off. I have, when that thing started going off the cliff, I had to jump off. Man, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going down with the shit. Right? It's Auburn. I'm good. So Pitt doesn't have a team anymore. 
Auburn nope. has gone off the cliff. Doster, your final four, you are the kiss of death right now. Uh, yeah, I am. No, I seriously am. I seriously am. <laughs> poor, poor Michigan. He's finally on Michigan. Oh, they're fucked. They're fucked. I've, said, I've now said that I think Duke and Michigan State can both make a run to the Sweet 16, so get ready for, like, sorry, Coach K. Sorry, Tom Hizzle. Sorry, Dave Five. Like, you guys are done. Season over. Wrap it up. Oh, um, all right, tonight, hey. one, one other game that I like tonight, I just want to mention real quick, is uh, – is St. Louis at home against Richmond, laying four and a half? I think St. Louis is one of these teams that can kind of turn it on late and, and figure things out. They were really good before they had their whole COVID shutdown thing, and it took them a while to get back into it. That I mean, that team's got some talent. They got yeah. talent, but they, they still haven't put it together right. post-shutdown, and that's been a while now. Now, I'm not saying you recover from it immediately, but it, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a few weeks. But they had like a, a month long pause. They yeah. had a long, long pause. I mean, I feel bad because I, I really didn't feel like if they hadn't, they're a team that would have been in the NCAA tournament right now, and would be super dangerous going mm-hmm. into the tournament. Like you don't, you don't want to see. I mean, they could win the A ten tournament easy. And, yeah, I don't think that they can get. Like I don't think that I, the, it's done that they can't get in. But they got to win the tournament, uh, right. the A ten tournament. But I think that they can get it done. And like honestly, aren't you betting on them? Over anybody, including VCU, aren't you taking St. Louis to win that that league tournament? I don't know. It depends on. Yeah, it depends know. on Bones Island too. Like, what's going on with him? Is he's he healthy? Is, is he? Yeah, so. he's playing. He's playing uh, tomorrow. I'll, I'll take you know. I'll take St. Louis over Bonaventure though. Yeah, I just think it's wide open with like four yeah. teams. It's completely wide open. VCU, Bonnie's, uh, St. Louis, and Richmond. I, I think any of those four can come out of there. And here's what we know about the A-10. They will do everything possible to minimize the amount of bids they get. I've never seen a conference cannibalize itself and just crush its own hopes and dreams like the A-10 does consistently. Fair. Um, Very fair. Hey, before we let Snow go, are you done with tonight's game, Sadoster? Yeah, I got nothing else. All right. I like Purdue and I like St. Louis, and that's that's it for me. And I guess I got to be on James Madison with you guys, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're all going to yeah. be on James Madison. If there's something that Snow actually might know about, it, it, it's recruiting. So we can't have him on without asking him at least uh, one question about something that he might actually have an, an accurate answer about. Um, so I, I'd like to ask uh, Brian Snow where Chet Holmgren, uh, and you can give a little background into Chet Holmgren for those who are who are watching this, uh, where he ranks among all those prospects that you've ever evaluated. I wouldn't put him like in the top couple or anything like that. I mean, like Anthony Davis is number one, quite honestly. Uh, it was one of the weirder ones because he came out of nowhere and then he played on the worst high school team that a top prospect's ever played on. But like he had the most dominant McDonald's week I've ever seen in my life. So Anthony Davis is number one. Chet would be down the line several spots. I mean, even if guys didn't work out like Andrew Wiggins, who just doesn't like basketball. Um, things like that, but Chet would be down the line a little bit, uh, but he's really good. Um, he's 6'11". He's really skilled. He's a really good athlete. He blocks shots. He's just physically, he does not, he's frail, I guess is the best way to put it. Like in the NBA, he's going to be six foot ten, six foot eleven, whatever he's going to measure at and like 210 pounds. And you know, that, that's going to cause its own issues probably at some point. And when that time is, I have no idea. But he almost plays like a guard. And 
not a you know he's not a point guard he's not dribbling the ball up the court against pressure things like that but in the half court he kind of functions as this like guard unicorn type thing and then on defensively he really protects the rim well because he's a great athlete so he does so much I mean Gonzaga's probably almost assuredly where he's going to end up um and I think he'll be a really good college player especially in a like a 30 game season where his body has a chance to recover as opposed to the day-to-day grind in the NBA where I think you could see a little bit more breakdown but in college I think he's going to be borderline dominant and will will Kentucky um will they snap back next year because of recruiting like like who I looked at it and obviously Duke's got Paolo coming in they've got a stud coming in yeah that, that, I love him. I mean, I just think he plays hard as shit. He's big, strong, athletic. I, I kind of compare him a little bit to Chris Weber. Um, a little bit. I, I don't know if it's accurate or not. But yeah, that's my, that, just from watching him. Um, is Kentucky going to bounce back with, with their, they don't have a top 10 kid yet coming in, do they? Oh, man. I would have to think about it, but I don't think so. But they have a good, like, they have good players. I think you're seeing Cal transition a little bit, honestly. Like, you know, he took Dante Allen partly because he was expecting the one and done to go away. So he wanted to have a few, like an older guy in each class to just help fill that gap a little bit. Um, And I think, you know, Cal's getting older and I think he's tired of living that life. It's no fun. It it really isn't to rebuild your roster every year to, to deal with what you have to deal with. Um, Like, let's call it what it is, how, whatever, whatever opinion one wants to have on Jalen Johnson and his decision, like that's what you deal with, with guys who are one and done type players is when it's not in their best interest to play, they're not playing. And as a coach, that's a hard thing to deal with. And I think you're going to see Cal transition a little bit to like guys who, who are really good, but want to go for multiple years. Now the problem Cal's going to have is he's built his entire program on being a one-and-done program. So now are you taking the kid, you know, like a Nolan Hickman from Washington, who's not a one-and-done player? Does he say, I'm a one-and-done player because I'm going to Kentucky? And did, does that cause the problem? Whereas had he gone to Washington or Kansas yeah. or somewhere else, yeah. you wouldn't think that way. That's what I'm going to be interested to see. But I do think you're seeing Cal transition a little bit in terms of who he's recruiting. Now, in terms of can they bounce back, I think it comes down to who comes back. Yes. And – your guess you is who do you want backs now? Do you want, do you want Randy Bosman back? Huh? Like I'll take Davion Mintz back if he wants to come back. Yeah, he's fine as a piece. He's fine. You yeah. think is Keon Brooks gone? Uh I do not know. I I think he's I think he genuinely likes being a Kentucky basketball player and he's a great kid. At what point in time does he not like his role though? I don't know. Uh, but like if Keon comes back, that's big for Kentucky. Yes. If, very big. You know, does BJ Isaiah Boston Jackson. come back? If Isaiah, Isaiah Jackson, Jackson comes back. Like there, there's a lot of questions in that. So it, it's it's too tough to predict right now. Like it's hard enough to figure out like coaches this offseason. It's a nightmare because they have no idea what seniors are coming back and what aren't. And you can ask them now and the answer can be one thing and they're not lying to you. And then in three weeks when the season's over, it might be totally different. And then it could be different again in April when they're not playing and they're still going to class. And it's like, I don't want to do this another year. So you're banking on. 
having this kid come back and like April 20th, he's like, coach, I'm, I just can't do it. And it, it's going to be interesting to see. Going to be a complete mess. Are they going to get Jaden Hardy, Kentucky or no? I, I, I would guess Jaden's going to go pro. You do. Yeah. So if he yeah. goes pro, Chet goes to Gonzaga, Paulo goes to Duke, Patrick Baldwin Jr., what's your guess? I mean, almost Dad. every kid plays for their father. Dad. Almost yeah. every kid. Unless like, the father doesn't want the kid to play for him. Um, yeah. Like I remember Phil Matthews, he was an assistant at UCLA and at the time and Jordan Matthews and his other Jonah, his two kids who were good players. Yeah. I asked him like, Phil, you're going to take your son. I forget which one it was at the time. He goes, Nope. He goes, I don't want those problems. And it was, this is how long ago it was. They were, they had either just gotten the commitment from Shabazz or everyone knew Shabazz was going to go there. He goes, unless my son is Shabazz Muhammad, I ain't dealing with those problems. And Phil stuck to that. I mean, Michigan has two top 10 players. Michigan. Yeah. Jawan's done a great job. Fantastic amazing. job. Amazing to me. Absolutely amazing. He, well, the brand yeah. helped. He works. Yeah, that's like, that's the shocking part of it. Works. Now, again, listen, he works. Now, what I will say is nobody's had to get on a plane and recruit for the past year. So working is yeah. different. It is, it is. It's been different. But even, even before, he worked. Yeah. Now, sometimes I thought he didn't. Sometimes I thought he worked on guys he just wasn't going to get, and he didn't quite have the feel for that yet, which does take time. Sure. But he works. He like I think he genuinely enjoys recruiting. I really do. Um, and he's like, especially let's see here, um, kid from from IMG who's or from Montverde from Canada whose name escaped me, but he's a top ten player. Um, like that was all Jawan. That was like that was all Caleb, Caleb Houston. Caleb yeah, Houston. Caleb Houston. Sorry, I completely forgot his name. But Caleb Houston, like that was Juwan who got that done, like period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Listen, sure his name his name carries cachet with it for these kids, right? Like, not only is he Juwan Howard, not only is he part of the five Fab Five, not only was he like a teammate of LeBron, not only does he have NBA title rings, he sat on a bench with the Heat and Eric Spolster. Like that, that has to mean something, right? And beyond I, that, I, like, anyone you talk to that knows him says that he just connects with everybody he meets so well. So yeah. you combine the fact that he's He's this guy that that's been in the NBA for 25 years, where all these kids want to go. With the fact that, like, he has kind of maybe I don't know if humility is the right word, but he has that. No, it is. Well, he, he has that. To to connect and with. Like, I'll say this: I think the 30 for 30. I think want. the Fab Five 30 for 30 was huge for him mm-hmm. because none of these kids obviously remember the Fab Five. Like, you know what else is huge? No, you know what else is huge? Having Jalen Rose and Chris Weber on TV every damn night because yeah, you know that, that doesn't hurt. Hey, you don't work. think they're making calls? <laughs> yeah, I mean Jalen and Chris, like, and and Jawan, and to Jawan's credit, as we all know, Jalen and Chris don't mess with each other like that. Right. But right. Jawan is good with uh, with everybody. You everybody. know who? Everybody. Who's, even if that group is fractured a little bit, Jawan's good with all of them. So so that helps as well. Yeah. All right. We we got We got to. This is the longest pod we've done. All year long, and, and God knows how we've let you talk this long and, and be on uh, almost an hour of snow. And there's still a lot of people that are tuning in. That's the shocking. I don't know, like extended family, mom, dad, everybody tuning in for this the one. The entire stuff. snow family is here. Every single one of them. There, there's like four people in the snow family, and none of them are watching this. <laughs> All right. Well, we appreciate you joining us. It was it was a surprise. Doster had no idea you were coming on. 
And I know you guys are going to do your 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 podcast soon, aren't you? You, you guys? Yeah, we'll do it next week. week. Yeah, we're going to yeah, get we'll a Why Your Team Sucks spot. And, and Snow, I just want you to know that, like, so the last surprise guest that Goodman had was Stanford Steve. So we went from Stanford Steve to Brian Snow. So, like, it was yeah, like, that's that, a down. That's Stanford that Steve was like, oh, man, <laughs> no, that's what we got now. That's what we got coming on. So <laughs> the pod is going downhill quickly. Yes. Quickly, quickly. All right. Snow. It's- Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.